And this is the Tech Edition Podcast. We're on Season 4, Episode 2, and I am here with my brother, Clarence. How's it going, man? It's going pretty good, dude. I'm happy to be on another episode. Uh, second episode of this season. Uh, ready to have some fun and talk a little tech, dude. How are you doing? I'm good, man. Excited to talk about some new new happenings and whatnot. So let's just jump into it. What you been up to? Anything you want to talk uh, about before we start? Man, nothing much. Just, you know, same old, same old work and uh, trying to get some game time in when I can. And, of course, we do too many podcasts, so all of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So I'm trying to think about how I want to start this show. I think we should start with maybe the I guess this would probably be the most exciting news for some people. Um, So, you know, it's been we're about, I'd say, three fourths, maybe or five, eight, seven, eights through the, the the current generation console cycle. So, you know, naturally, toward the end of the cycle, we start getting leaks and rumors and, you know, about the next consoles. So um, there was a leak this past week um, about an AMD Gonzalo APU for next-gen game consoles. So basically, um, some people are leaking information about hardware. Now, um, there's also been some recent statements about the next-generation Xbox as well. Um, so, you know, they've, they've said that it's going to, like, AMD is going to have, you know, AMD is doing a hardware for both. Like, basically, a PS4 and Xbox One, they're basically running the same hardware. Like, the yeah, configuration, is crazy. Yeah. configuration is slightly different, but they're pretty much almost exactly the same. One of them has a little bit more video memory. I mean, there's some small differences, but they're running the same, basically running the same AMD APU, which APU is basically a huge die and it's got a CPU on it and the GPU, the graphics and that they're both together. And that's why they call it APU. I can't remember what the A stands for, but it's not important. But anyway, so, you know, we're getting these rumors. So FreeSync 2 is going to be on the Xbox, the new Xbox. Um, And basically somebody came up, released leak. What was, what was this guy's name? Um, Now you said, you said FreeSync 2. Yeah. To adaptive sync. So, um, basically, it's re- it's really catching on on PCs. Um, a lot of newer televisions because the the um the license there's no license is open source. FreeSync is basically open source effectively. So, anybody who's building a monitor or a television can basically put FreeSync or make it FreeSync compatible for free. And if you're asking what FreeSync is, if you've ever played a game on PC before, and you know you're you're not using vertical sync. And, you know, you're probably not if you're playing like a shooter or something because you don't want there to be input lag. Um, basically, if you've ever played a game on PC and you notice like these lines going across the screen where the frames aren't drawing all the way, you'll see like lines up and down the screen sometimes where it's like half of the picture is one frame and the other half yeah. is another frame. That's because the rate at which the graphics card is drawing the game, the frame rate which is drawing the game is not synced with the frame rate that the monitor is outputting. So there's some yeah. there's some tearing there, for lack of a better term. Um, there's two ways to alleviate this. One is to use vertical sync, and um, all yeah. just about all games now support vSync. And basically, what vSync does is it it's able to synchronize those. But the problem with vSync is that it's a software implementation and 
it introduces input lag. So, you know, when you move the mouse, it won't, it won't, your gun or whatever won't move as quickly as it would if you were playing with it off. And the other, the other solution is adaptive sync, which basically takes the frame buffer from the graphics card and syncs it with the monitor. So basically the graphics card is telling the monitor when to update itself instead of the monitor just running on an internal 60 hertz or whatever clock. It's actually being updated by the graphics card. There's two major technologies here. One is FreeSync, which is supported by AMD. Other one's supported by NVIDIA called G-Sync. Um, G-Sync is not open source. It used to require hardware inside the monitor, so it was more expensive to implement. And like FreeSync monitors, usually two or three hundred dollars cheaper. Like um, Dale's got this monitor, which is exactly the same, except one supports FreeSync, one supports G-Sync. G-Sync one's like two hundred dollars more. Uh-huh. Um, the prices have come down on G-Syncs, but I guess this kind of runs into another story we're doing. Um, AMD, like NVIDIA's recently unlocked their graphics cards. Like if you have a, um, Pascal or later, which is the 1000 series. So if you have a 1060, 1070, 1080, um, or up, you can now buy a FreeSync monitor and use the FreeSync adapt sync on it. Whereas before you were locked into G-Sync. So that was kind of one of the other stories, but it really runs into this perfectly. So. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So I mean, that's really really cool. Yeah, I, I wasn't aware aware that they were putting these in like normal television sets yeah. now. Yeah, so it's basically free to to implement. So I mean, uh, there's really no reason not to. Um, so you have all kinds of the is it newer, hardware restriction. You, um, no, it's basically a software implementation. Okay, I don't gotcha. think there's I don't think there's any hardware required. Um, you just I think you just have to have. <laughs> I think it's either a firmware requirement. There, I'm not sure of the specifics, but it's really cheap to implement. So, like, a lot of TV manufacturers are doing it. Um, Sweet. Like, a lot of the newer monitors that come out now, they're at the baseline. They're FreeSync compatible. It may be a 60 hertz monitor, but it'll still support FreeSync from, like, 45 hertz up to 60 or so. Um so, like, that's really cool. And the fact that the newer consoles will support that as well. Um, it will just help to like have smoother gameplay. Yeah, whereas that's pretty big, you know. Um, I'll give you an example. So if you have a game that's running sixty frames a second on a console, and then all of a sudden, like you come into a town where there's like a whole bunch of people or NPCs, whatever you want to call them, in buildings, you know, normally you can notice the frame rate drop. It's like there's like a visible drop in the frame rate. So basically, what FreeSync will do is even if the frame rate still drops you won't notice all the skipping because the monitor will only refresh when the graphics card does. There'll still be a frame rate drop, but it won't be as noticeable. Um, it's really hard to explain. Like if you, if you've never experienced free sync or G sync, um, if you have a micro center or even a best buy, um, they normally have a, um, G sync or free sync compatible gaming setup. I would just recommend you to go in load up one of the games and just check it out. Cause it's something you really have to experience. It's really hard for me to explain it. Um, and I've never really, there's not really an easy way to explain yeah. it without visuals. So, yeah. so, so, so check it out. Huh? That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, man. Um, I, I, I know this TV I have probably isn't compatible with it, but, but it's kind of co- cool that they're coming out with this stuff now for the newer TV sets. And I don't know if they'd be able to, you know, update for some of the older ones to do the same thing but that's pretty freaking cool oh yeah oh yeah and um just to kind of get back to the 
the console rumors. I mean, I guess there's not really a whole bunch. There's like a, some guy released a graphic where it kind of shows the base frequency. Um, uh, there's not really a whole lot there, so I, we can kind of glaze over that. Just the fact that they're actually showing or talking Some about likes. like, yeah, yeah, it's gonna have like a three point gigahertz boot, three point two gigahertz boost. Like, just they're just throwing out specs, which is yeah. kind of cool. So I guess it's not really necessary though. <laughs> so let me ask you: You talked about how AMD is kind of owning the space in the console market here. Why is that? I mean, why? Is Intel not really in the conversation? Well, I mean, there's a couple of reasons. The first reason is just price. Um, if you want to build something that's economically uh, accessible, I guess would be the best word. Like AMD parts usually offer the best bang for buck, especially now that they're on the Zen architecture. Like it's there's no contest basically. So you have, I'll give you an example. So you have um the Ryzen 1700, which is an eight core, 16 thread CPU. And basically, you can find one for 150 to 200 bucks, which is like insane. Yeah. The Intel part, the i9-9900K, that's the, basically the comparable CPU. It's slightly more performant. I would say maybe five, one to five, five to ten percent more performant. Um, it's $529. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. not twice <laughs> as fast or three yeah. times as fast. So, I mean, that should just give you an idea there that if you want to build a box and keep the price down, make it more accessible. Um, and consoles are all about cutting costs. That's normally why they release a newer version. So, like, you know, when the 1S came out, um, that just Microsoft basically, they've mastered the hardware. They found a way to get cut costs and make a more optimized I guess would be the better term, a more optimized version of the console that they can produce more cheap. They can produce cheaper than the regular Xbox. So um, they re-release it. It's smaller. It runs cooler. Um, I don't think it's necessarily any cheaper, which you can find one S's for like 200 bucks. So I guess, yeah, yeah it's cheaper too. Um, and, you know, in that vein, um, AMD just offers the best bang for buck. I don't know anybody who would dispute that. Um, and the same thing with AMD um, graphics cards. Um, are they the most performant? No. NVIDIA's <laughs> cards are more powerful. But if you look at bang for book, if you're doing 1080p stuff, like even on PC, if you're doing 1080p stuff, a uh, RX 580 or 480 will do you fine. You can find one for now. You can find one for anywhere from 100 to 200 bucks, and it will play everything that you would want to play in 1080p. So, I mean, that's just giving you an example. So basically with these new APUs, they're using their new Vega architecture and they're using the new Zen 2 chips that we talked about last week, um, where th- that they announced these the newer consoles should be using those. So they should be able to squeeze more cores into a smaller footprint. Should be easier to cool. You know, they should be able to use less space for CPU, more space for graphics. You know, theoretically. So I mean, all this is really exciting to me. <laughs> no. I'm I'm excited to see what you know the new consoles come up with. Sweet, sweet. Hmm. Okay. So, um, while we're talking about consoles, looks like Brittany Sego, um, she is asking if we think that this is something Nintendo will do. I mean, the thing about Nintendo <laughs> is, and I joke about Nintendo all the time. One of my buddies was he was joking to me about how console gamers are more power conscious. That I told him I run my PC twenty four hours and I never turn it off. And he's like, "You're hurting the environment. And console users are more." You know, we recycle and we're more environment friendly. I was like, yeah, Nintendo recycles their 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 um console hardware all the time. Everybody's like, oh, but I mean, they really do. So, I mean, and this is no knock on Nintendo because 
with with game with with game consoles, games matter more than anything. I mean, look at the Nintendo Wii, for example. And I say this jokingly, but the Nintendo Wii was basically two GameCubes taped together, and it sold more than anything because they found an innovative gaming mechanism to get people who would not normally play games playing games. So hardware is not most important. But that being said, I would I really wish Nintendo would get with the times because they're yeah I they're mean, basically I mean we we. we I mean, of course, consoles are not going to be as souped up or as powerful as PC. The PCs are, you know, PC gaming. But I think oftentimes we look to consoles to kind of give us a glimpse of the future a little bit, you know, for the layman, for the layman. Yeah, because, I mean, the thing about the Switch is it's basically it. It literally is a first generation NVIDIA shield. I mean, it's literally the exact same thing. Like if you look up the specs for an NVIDIA shield. And look up the specs for a Nintendo Switch. They're almost exactly the same. It's running on a Tegra processor, which is made by NVIDIA. So, you know, in that vein, Nintendo is kind of going against the grain because they're using NVIDIA instead of AMD. All other consoles are using AMD. So that's interesting. But, I mean, I don't think Nintendo is necessarily concerned about hardware performance. But it would, I think in the next generation, it would be amazing if they did. <sighs> But I just I don't know if it's really gonna matter for them. People like people are gonna buy their 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 Mario Kart and Smash Brothers machine, and it doesn't really matter what what kind of hardware is on it. And Nintendo realizes that. And I mean, why spend the money when you don't have to? I guess. Yeah, yeah. And you want to think about something else that's funny? And I'll, I'm gonna drop it after this. So, <laughs> like I said, the, the Nintendo Switch is basically a um, Nvidia Shield, right? How much is the NVIDIA Shield right now? Let's look it up. Probably about the same Shield price, you think. Shield TV NVIDIA. Maybe just a little okay, bit this cheaper? Is, this is the newest one. I think you can find an NVIDIA Shield. I'm just pulling this out of my behind. But you can probably find one for like 150 200 bucks. Yeah, but then, you know, it's all and about the Nintendo selling, sauce on top of it, though. selling for $300, given it does have a screen on it. But, like, it's... And the Joy-Cons. It has... Things it's, that, they're able to charge that premium <laughs> because it's a new console, so they're making bank, man. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, if, it, if Nvidia can sell this for a hundred, basically 150 bucks. Like, I'm looking at Amazon right now, the Shield TV Gaming Edition. This one's 4K, so it's actually more powerful than the one that that Nintendo is using for the Switch. This is like the newest Nvidia Shield. Yeah, you can buy it on Amazon right now for 168 dollars. But but again, it's all about those touches that Nintendo has put on top of that. I know what you're saying about the core hardware. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's enough, only a part of it. Yeah, and you know you you want to know something that's even funnier? What's that? In China, you can buy Nintendo games on. I, I'm pretty sure you there you can buy like Nintendo games on the Nvidia Shield. Like you can buy like Super <laughs> Mario Galaxy and is that I true? I think there's a Chinese version of the Shield. I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's an NVIDIA Shield Nintendo Special Edition in China. And you can buy, like, Super Mario Brothers Wii. It's got Mario Galaxy. It's got Zelda, Zelda Twilight Princess. It's got Punch-Out. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna link it in the this Facebook. This is not like, like an underground black market? <laughs> no, no. It's, it's licensed. Wow. Um, and I think it's part of this agreement, you know, oh, maybe. to use their hardware. Okay. Yeah. Wow. But I, I think that's really amazing that, that they're crazy. doing that because that's that pretty crazy. 
Wow, I just went down a rabbit hole. I apologize. I hope no. I answered your question. No. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Good stuff. <laughs> Do you have any stories? Oh, uh, yeah. I guess I'll ha- uh, get on a very, very much a lighter note here. So we know everything is going into the self-driving automated scene. Amazon has talked about having drones to deliver products uh, directly to your house. But uh, lo and behold, they have something called the Amazon Scout, which is... <laughs> It's own <laughs> Wally esque robot to deliver products to oh my your home. You know what um, it looks like? <laughs> what, does it look, what does it look? It looks like one of those things the military uses to defuse bombs. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let me read some of the copy here. That's uh, hilarious. This the six wheel robots looks to be a fair bit like a number of the delivery robots already being piloted on sidewalks over the world. Uh, this one, however, was apparently developed in-house by Amazon. As the company notes, the electronic system in this is the size of a beach cooler and cruises along at roughly a walking pace. Now, the first few of these Yeti are going to be actually accompanied by an Amazon employee, but they are meant to autonomously go from the Amazon factory to a person's house. So are these things rolling down the road? like, like- Down a sidewalk, I believe. I don't think they're going to be in the street. That's kind of scary. Yeah, and and I can think of it in a sense of um, I'm reading some of the copy here from the the last mile perspective. You know, you get it close enough, and it just you know kind of peters out and takes the packages <laughs> to the different places all at once. You know, you have what a few of these on a truck, and you kind of just go to center area and say, you know, go forth, deliver um, <laughs> minions. I don't know. It seems like it would be a little too slow to you know be effective but you know it's cool that amazon is trying new things um you know we're never going to really get innovate and get better unless they start trying stuff like this so i think it's cool though kind of weird <laughs> i agree Brittany. terminator this is terminator written all <laughs> over it and like my mind when when stuff like this announced like we were talking about the uber story that ended up coming true with the person getting killed like my mind all, all like automatically goes the worst case scenario like i can just see like these rogue militias like capturing these things and like using them to like bomb people or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's reprogram them. Oh, it's going to happen. Yeah. There's something wrong with me. Um, so yeah, I'll go ahead and stay on the autonomous front while we're talking about it. Uh, Waymo plans to open a self-driving car factory in Michigan. So oh, this is wow. pretty big. Um, you know, Waymo, former Google company, self-driving project, um, they are really going in on this. I think they're slated to have around a, a few hundred employees there at the Michigan factory, but they're going to be building autonomous cars. Now, there is a project going on in Phoenix, I believe, right now called Waymo One, which is um, sort of their self-driving delivery pickup service. Uh, of course, it's in early early stages there. But, man, they are trying to push this Um I don't know if I'm ever fully going to be comfortable with, you know, self-driving cars. <laughs> but, you know, it, as long as they keep innovating and keep trying to push the technology forward, I think we'll be there. And I heard somebody else say this, and it makes a lot of sense. Like, I think the gap from where people have to jump in at certain moments uh, and just completely uh, be hands off is going to be the huge difference. Because any system where, you know... If you're in trouble, you have to grab a hole and try to fix it. 
at the last second is really a recipe for disaster if you think about it. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, just like, what is it, the Tesla, uh, they'll beep if you look away for too long or take your hands off the wheel. You know, it's self-driving, but it's really not self-driving. So, to me, anything <laughs> like that is just a recipe for disaster. These are supposed to be level four autonomous, um, which I don't think that's the best. I can't remember right now. But in any case, I think this is pretty cool. You know, uh, they're serious about this. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I'm excited, man. I'm excited when I'm 80 years old or whatever. I can just hop in my car and say, "Take me to the VFW," or whatever. Like, I, like that to me, that's awesome. I don't, I don't think I'll be okay with doing it anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, but maybe by the time we're older, they can get all the bugs worked out. But I mean, in order to do that, they have to keep hammering away. And it's yeah. just funny hearing all these companies now talk about doing autonomous, doing electric cars. I think it's Ford and. Uh, Ford and um, Volkswagen, they're entering yeah. like a strategic agreement to produce electric cars. Um, there's a Tennessee, I believe, factory that Volkswagen has, and they're going to be like, they're ba- they're basically going to be making nothing but electric cars in a couple of years. So I, that I, is crazy. I'm really excited the way things are going. Um, and it's all thanks to Elon Musk, man. Like, yeah, yeah. he's pushing it. He's pushing it. And, he lit a fire up under everybody. <laughs> Yeah, and just to kind of further explain, it, these are supposed to be level four what they're making at this factory. Level four is high automation. The car can operate without human input or oversight, but only under select conditions defined by factors such as road type or geographic area. Now, what we really want is level five, which is just full on automation. You get in the car, it takes you where you want to go. So, you so know. I, I could basically go to the, go to the bar, get plastic. <laughs> Hit a button. The dream is alive. Hypothetically speaking, here, hit yeah. a button. Hit a button. Just fall over in the back seat, and then the car drives me home. And like, I mean, that's a crude example, but like that's <laughs> that's like the holy grail, basically, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's getting there, man. It's definitely getting there. Good deal. Good deal. Okay. Hmm. Shall I bore you with more? Um. What do you want to hear about? Uh. Ray tracing or more graphics card stuff? Uh, let's get into more graphics card stuff. But first, let me do one more quick one, okay? How about okay, that? Okay, yeah, sure. So once upon a time, a long time ago, um, I developed for Windows Phone. So I had an app that was kind of like a Bible-esque app called Study the Word. We can go look up scriptures and stuff. You know, I did kind of learn.net as well as, you know, um, try to bolster my development skills. Yeah, so um, recently Microsoft announced that Windows Phone is dying, and even more recently they just announced that in December they're going to end all support for Windows 10 Mobile, which is just sad. We saw it coming. We definitely saw it coming, and nobody cares. You know, you just have those few select people that picked it up, uh, that developed on it, and I think it's even more prevalent in uh, countries like um that are overseas on countries like Africa and stuff where it's adopted a little bit more, but you know, <laughs> as of right now, we uh tier tier Microsoft is recommending that everybody move over to iOS and Android. This is like official, official text from them. So, and well, just, I guess, yeah. I guess that squashes the rumor of the surface phone <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. I mean, which is fine. Cause Microsoft is, I mean, Sasha mania has kind of, 
started embracing all of the other different platforms, putting apps out and services out on these platforms. So they are well aware that, you know, their platform as well as everybody else is aware that their platform just has not taken off and is just kind of, you know, dead on arrival. So, yeah. So do you think this will spell the end of the one windows, um, the one windows initiative where like everything, you know, cause like even the Xbox right now, it's running a version of windows 10, like everything's running windows and same OS different, hardware like is this the end of that or the beginning of the end or uh, I, I think it's the end of that and <laughs> reason being is microsoft is you know all the way in on the services now they're all the way in on services you know how about xbox game pass maybe not if it doesn't work only on the xbox but what if it works on the pc as well which it does to a certain extent you know uh office 365 they are going Azure. I mean, they're going full in on their services on different platforms. And, you know, since Sasha Nadella has come on, it's really less about, you know, our what the behemoth known as Windows. You know, it's less important. It's still important, but it's less important. So are you ready for bold predictions? Let's do it. Bold prediction. You heard it here first, folks. You're either going to think this is crazy or you're going to think it's crazy. Okay. I believe in five years or less, a couple things are going to happen in Microsoft. The first thing is that whatever version of Windows is out in five to six, five, maybe this one's a little farther out, five to 10 years will be running on the Unix kernel. I sincerely believe that. I also believe that in five to 10 years, closer to five, Direct X will be open source. I, I, I know that sounds insane. <laughs> you know what? But just think about it. Think about it. Think about if Microsoft did those two things. I, they would they would own the piece they would own PCs. They would own them. Like period. Yeah. Nobody would be running Linux. Nobody would. Yeah. Nobody would. You wouldn't have to. Yeah, I mean, it definitely know? from a, a developer standpoint, you know, that's basically what um uh uh, uh what OSX, whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. basically um, what it is. You know, it's their OS skin King. on top of a, a, a Unix kernel. Yeah, it runs Linux, on Unix. It, it's basically a BSD. Yeah. A BSD um uh distribution if you will. So yeah, it runs off of BSD, but yeah, it's like It's the same concept though. Yeah, you, know, you could take your skin and put it on top of something that, especially from like a development standpoint, that's why Microsoft uh, in with Windows 10, they allowed the Unix kernel or Linux kernel to be your subsystem to be installed on Windows 10, because a lot of the tools for development are geared are geared toward that Linux Unix environment. So, yeah, I can see this because it's just, I, you know, I even thought they would take what we know as a Windows phone and put it on top of Android at some point, you know? Yeah. So, I, hey, that's that's a good prediction in my opinion, dude. Because, I mean, the other thing you got to think about now is that Microsoft is not and hasn't been for quite a while about selling copies of Windows. No. They haven't really been about that for, I would argue, the last five to ten years, they have not been about selling you a copy of Windows. Um, it's been about Office. Yeah. Been about Azure. Yeah. Those are their two cash hogs now. <clears throat> and I think Office is really their 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 cash hog. 
I mean, that's where they make the most money. They can still sell office. And not only will they, you know, just think about this. If Windows ran on the Unix kernel, they would have to, they would only have to develop one version of office. It would run on Linux. It would yeah. run on Mac and yeah. it would run on, it would run on everything. Yeah. And I mean, they would be cutting their costs. They would still be able to charge for it. Um, I mean, there's just so many different things they can do. Even with Azure, man, it would simp- it would basically unify like, cause in Azure right now you have, you know, you have Windows VMs, you have Linux VMs. They could basically cut. I mean, th- they wouldn't do this, but they could basically <laughs> offer one VM. You yeah. wouldn't need because, like, even Amazon does this. There's a there's an Amazon version of um, what is it of Red Hat Enterprise Linux? It's uh-huh. the um, it's the Oracle. It's OEL, which is basically Red Hat Red Hat Enterprise Linux, which is pro- it's probably CentOS, which is which is a downstream of Red Hat Linux. But it's tailored to AWS, and it's it's basically a AWS Linux. They could have their Microsoft Server OS still. It could be running on a Linux subsystem, and there would be no need for anybody to use like you wouldn't have to use Red Hat or any. You know, you yeah, could just no, use their Linux. I agree. Their OS, and it would just it would unify their entire platform basically. Yeah, yeah I think it's coming. Uh, it might be. 10, 15 years from now, but I do think, yeah. you know, in our lifetimes, we'll see it like totally shift at some point. Yeah. And basically they wouldn't have, you know, they could probably cut so many costs because they wouldn't have to develop a kernel like ever again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Try it. I mean, true. That, I mean, think about, true. we talked about, we talked about this on the, the, maybe a cast or two ago when Carl and everybody was on here, how them going open source with PowerShell and some yeah. of the other stuff is, they're getting free development, basically. So, I mean, it would just. Yeah. Open source is that. a gift and a curse, man. It's, but I think the, the pros far outweigh the cons when it comes to open source. You know, yeah. let go of the, the control a little bit to have something better, you know? Yeah. It's just the way things are going. And I'm really excited about that. Cool. So I got some more hardware news, man. Yeah, so basically, um, this is kind of more rumor territory, but, you know, so AM, NVIDIA, They've come out with the RTX line. They recently just announced or released the RTX 2060, which is the the mainstream card. Um, but there's a rumor that there's a G GeForce like the new cards are RTX cards. There's a rumor that you know in the wake of AMD announcing the Radeon 7, which is basically a 1080 Ti 2080 competitor. There, there's a rumor that. NVIDIA is going to be releasing more GTX cards. Like uh, the rumor right now is huh. a GTX 1660 Ti. Um, this is basically newer, newer um, touring, what? but with no <laughs> RTX stuff, no ray that tracing, pretty no awesome. DLSS, and it's just raw performance. Um, and this will do two things. The first thing it'll do is cut costs. So. Whereas the RTX 2060 is, I think, 350 right now. I think that's what it costs. 350. Um, they could yank all the RTX stuff out and then drop this card for like 200. Yeah. You know, and they're just cutting into AMD's like low end margins because like AMD rules the low end right now. So, um, and it's even arguable that they may do a 1880 Ti that has the performance of the 2080 Ti. Without the RGX stuff, so instead of costing a thousand dollars, it may be closer to the eight hundred dollars, seven hundred dollars, eight hundred dollar range, and that would just kill. It would kill the competitive edge that you know any kind of competitive edge 
Hitting all those that price AMD points, man. Have, they get to take each price point and, you know, everybody be happy. You want the ray tracing stuff? Great. If you don't want it, there's a new card for you, too. Yeah. And that's basically NVIDIA's problem right now is if you don't want ray tracing, there's no reason to buy the new cards because the performance yeah, isn't any better. Well, I was going to say, from what you've told me and what I've heard is like, it's not even worth it anyway, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if, if, if you're just into framework rate drops, which is what you're going to get, uh, if you try to try to run the new technology. So, yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying. Hit all the price points and... You know, you're going to please everybody, like you said, and, and uh, you know, that's what you need to do. <laughs> now, in the spirit of full dis- disclosure about RTX, one thing I do want to say is that um, they've recently been pushing the DLSS, which is deep learning super sampling. And when you combine that with the RTX ray tracing technology, you can basically reg- regain those performance deltas. So whereas... Let's say you have a game running at 4K, and you can run it at 60 frames a second. You turn RTX on, or ray tracing on, the frame rate drops to like 25 or whatever. You turn DLSS on on top of that, and it raises the performance back up. Now, now it, we yeah, didn't, didn't we not fully understand how that worked, though? Because wasn't it like some yeah. online technology thing? So basically, um, you have this huge cluster, this NVIDIA cluster of supercomputers yeah. that basically compute. render yeah. render these games. It has to be done on a game. Okay, there's a couple caveats. There, it can only be done on a game-by-game basis, and there's only like two or three games that support it. So basically, they render the game at super, super, super high resolutions, super, super high resolutions, and then all this information is implemented in the driver, and then the final rendering is actually, and computations are done on the card. So you only have to do the way it works is that you don't have to have that huge amount of processing power to get the benefits of the deep learning that's being done in the cloud. Wow. Um, but like what? I said, only <laughs> only a few a few games support it. I think Battlefield's going to support it. Battlefield five. And there's like some China game in China that they showed that nobody cares about. And I think there's a Final Fantasy 15 like benchmark that supports it the game doesn't even support it but the benchmark does but so we don't really have like a real working example right now uh because because it sounds i don't think it's enabled even on battlefield 5 i don't think it's enabled yet uh, it sounds just like the thing that microsoft had at a couple e3s ago and i'm trying to remember what it was called but when they were doing i think they were doing crackdown they were showing like the physics of all the buildings breaking up and stuff, but all that was like computed in the cloud somehow. Uh, which, yeah. Which I don't I know mean, if it's going to be in crackdown when it comes out, but I think that kind of got, you know, pushed back because maybe it wasn't ready. I don't know. Um, yeah. But yeah, this can work. I'm, I'm down for it. I mean, it, every computer is going to the cloud. It's obvious. If they can make it work for a game, I think latency has a huge thing to do with that. <laughs> but if they can make it work, I think it can be pretty cool, you know. It could possibly even extend, you know, better games on uh, smaller devices and things like that, you know, as long as they have that RTX hardware in it. Yeah. Um. And in the vein, since we're talking about RTX, I might as well go ahead and run into this. Uh, so if you want an example of how uh, RTX ray tracing can, like, enhance a game, um, uh, to oh. me – and. I was I was talking to some friends about this, and basically, it, to me, RTX would make more sense in this case instead of trying to turn it on to new games. It it probably makes more sense to do it for older games because you're more likely to be able to do it in real time with decent frame rates. 
So basically, someone did a 100% ray tracing. Like the stuff they showed on Battlefield 5, it's just it's pseudo ray tracing. But this new thing is called Q2 VKPT. I don't even know what that stands for. But basically, they've basically taken Quake 2, which was created and released in 1997. So that's what, 20, 20 years ago? 20 year old it's been game? a while. It's been a while. Um, 20 year old game, and they basically ray traced the entire game. So you can check this out. I'm going to drop a link into the chat, but it's basic. They basically taken Quake 2 and like breathed new light into it. Now the textures are still old, but the lighting is phenomenal. Um, and it actually breathes a lot of new life into the game. It's really interesting to look at it just to see you know, what's possible. Um, and if it can make an older game look this nice, imagine what, it, you know, when the technology catches up, what it could do for newer games. Them explosions, um, man. Them explosions. Yeah, it's just justice in the video, but... Just looking at the lighting and seeing, like, a laser beam just light everything, like, in different, you know, different intensities as it goes down, like, a hallway or something... Um, it's, it's pretty cool, and there's even a section where there's water, and you can see like the reflections off the water and stuff. So, I mean, it's it's something you can kind of see just to see, you know, what's possible. I think it's really amazing, though. But again, this is like a really old game. This is a really <laughs> old game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that would to me, this would be like the use case for RTX right now, anyway. Is to go back to like, I would love for them to do this with Quake 3. I think it would be a mate, like, it would make Quake 3 look phenomenal. Um, or one of your games, Star Trek Voyage Elite 4. Oh, yeah. Which is basically based on Quake 3, but like, there's so many use cases for this that would, you know, breathe new life in old games for now until the hardware catches up. Yeah, I mean, especially when you think about how we keep getting games remastered, you know, this this just is like the perfect use case for them to, uh, you know, add a little flair to something that's old. So, yeah, I'm, I'm down for it. Totally, totally. <laughs> Do you have any more stories? I think that's all I got. Xiaomi. <laughs> uh, oh, I think I got one more. Xiaomi? Yeah, Xiaomi. So, let's see here. So, Xiaomi just debuted another folding phone device. And I know what you're going to say. There's too <laughs> many of these things. Forget that. We're not oh going to have this for 20 years from now. But uh, bear with me just a moment. According to The Verge, Xiaomi's folding phone is the best we've seen so far. Uh, so, what's different about this phone, you may ask? And I said, well, the Xiaomi prototype folds in three. So, uh, what? How, how can I? Do you I, have a link to this? Yeah, let me drop a link. Let me drop it a link. It folds in three? Like a. What? Like a, <laughs> let me drop a link in here. I'm so confused. So, so, um, the video was posted about Xiaomi's co founder and president, Lynn Ben, and it shows the phones. St- <laughs> what? <laughs> it shows the phone starting like a tablet. Like a tablet form factor, but he tilts it on its side and then he folds both ends of the tablet in together. And when he's done, it's like the form factor of like a normal smartphone. It's really weird. It is really weird. Uh, so he, uh, Ben states that, uh, it's a, a series of technical, te- technical problems 
such as flexible folding technology that they've solved uh, four-wheel drive folding shaft technology, if that makes sense, uh, flexible cover technology, and an update to the MIUI adaptation. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think the folding phone future is is what we had in mind when we started going down this road. I, I really. <laughs> what is the What is the Jurassic Park? Um, quote is like they were so obsessed with whether or not they could that they didn't stop to think whether they should or so, if they should. There's something like that. Yeah, and like, honest, I, honestly, <laughs> I'm starting to think we shouldn't. I mean, everything I've seen as a technical demo, yeah, it's cool. But, you know, as we get further and further down this road, I start to think to myself that, man, I just want a regular phone. Uh, yeah. I don't. I can't think of any practical use for a foldable phone, like, because it's not going to be cheap. And it's like I would rather buy a phone and buy a tablet than have to buy one thing that costs like twice as much. Because I mean, it's it's not going to be cheap. Yeah. It's not. It's weirdness, man. It is really weird. Really weird. I don't want to fold my tablet or my phone. <laughs> like it just weirds me out. Like I want to laugh whenever I see those videos. That one was kind of cool though, but it's just like. Mm. But you can fold yeah. it and put it in your pocket, man. Just put it in your... Okay. Yeah. This is not the future we envisioned. Not at all. Where are the flying cars? I was promised. <laughs> flying cars. There you go with the James... Uh, the Avery Brooks. I almost said James Avery. Yeah, man. I think that might be all I have. Um, uh, Netflix is raising their prices. I don't know if uh, you knew about that. Again, they're raising their prices. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going from $8 or $9. Uh, if you're paying the $14 tier, which I am, which is the best stream you can get with four streams, uh, it's going up to 16 bucks. I'm not too happy about that, but you know, they've been raising their prices a lot lately. I, I think it's all this, uh, content they've been working on that's pushing a price. Yeah. It's originals. Yeah. So, I don't know. But I, mean, I think, I think it, as man. long as they keep it to a couple bucks, they can slowly inch it up there. But I would rather for them to do that than go the way of Movie Pass. So, uh, Movie Pass. And they're raising the prices because they need to and they have it justifiable. And I mean, there's no way for them to prove that to us. But I, they're, maybe they're just being greedy. I don't know. <laughs> Got to keep them shareholders happy, man. <laughs> That's an easy way to <laughs> increase value is just raise your price by a couple bucks every year. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, um, yeah, I think we ran through our stories. Yeah. Yeah, we did. That was fun, man. Always is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's one thing I want to, I want to, um, there's one thing I want to hit on real quick. It's not technology related, but, um, first thing, if you haven't seen Dragon Ball Super Broly, go watch it. It's phenomenal. Don't like anime. Don't matter. Don't like <laughs> oh, Dragon really? Ball. Don't matter. If them, you like them action, big words. Them if big you like words. action movies, if you like Marvel, I would say if you like any of the recent Marvel movies, go watch this. Go watch it. Really? It is the action, the fight scenes are they're so it they're so good. Like like I would recommend people that don't even watch anime to watch this. I was just gonna say it is it is that good. So Kara, I've never seen a Dragon Ball Z before. <laughs> I mean, the the backstory that is pertinent to the movie they explain. Oh, sorry. Star disc. So like you don't you don't you don't necessarily need to even know anything about Dragon Ball to watch this movie. Okay. So go watch it. It's phenomenal. I'm That's down. the first thing. Um yep. Yep. 
uh, versus they're trying to get contact because content because the Disney streaming service in, is about to come out. So maybe that's why they're trying to beef up their content. Makes sense. Second thing. I don't know how many people read manga, which is Japanese comics. Um, but if you do, Viz, um, who is like the the USA licensor, licensee, whichever one licensee, I guess, for like a unnameable amount of Japanese comics. So we're talking My Hero Academia. We're talking Yu-Gi-Oh! We're talking One Piece, uh, Black Clover, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Super, which has a manga. Um, Bleach, like all of these major shonen titles, um, you can pay a dollar ninety nine a month, and you know they what they started doing to compete with these scanlators, who are basically people who go, they have friends in Japan who go buy the shonen jump off the shelf, scan it, send it to their American friends, and they <laughs> translate it, put it online for free. Yeah. So to co- combat that, Viz has started releasing the newest chapters simultaneously with Japan for free. Wow. So you wow. can go to visit site, read the newest chapters of Dragon Ball Super or whatever for free. Um, and if you pay one ninety nine a month, you can also go read back all, all of the back back chapters. So for one ninety nine a month, you can read all of Dragon Ball, you can read all of Bleach, you can read all of just about any of the major Ronin Kenshin, Naruto, like any major shonen type anime uh manga that's come out in recent memory like they're all there you can read them for for 199 a month so um the, I, I just recently started subscribing to that they have like an ipad app they have an android app uh, ios like and it's pretty amazing yeah that it's all there at your fingertips i mean so i just figured it'd be nice to call that out yeah the only other reason i called that out is because dragon ball super's manga started before it started after the Dragon Ball Super anime, both are written by Akira Toriyama. Um, and basically what Dragon Ball Super is doing now is now that the series is over and now that Broly's come out, the story is continuing in the oh, manga. Really? Whereas the, where the manga was behind, now the, the story is being continued in the manga. Wow. They're about they They've introduced a new enemy. Toriyama is still doing it? Yeah. Post? Wow. He, well, basically with Dragon Ball Super... He's only writing it. But um, somebody else is drawing it, but his art style is exactly like Toriyama's, and he's still like managing it. Um, I think his name is Toyo Taro is the guy's name uh-huh. who, who's actually drawing it now, and his style is in, indistinguishable. Toyo, yeah, Toyo Taro. His style is indistinguishable from Toriyama, so it looks exactly like Toriyama drew it. Wow, and. So yeah, they're doing this new arc is called like the Galactic Patrol arc, um, and it's really interesting. So Wait, does it have that? You can actually guy? go. Was, yeah, you can actually go on Viz's site right now and read it for free. Yeah. Um, so the Universe Survival arc ends on chapter forty-one. So from forty-one, there's there's the latest chapter is chapter forty-four. So you can go from chapter forty-one to forty-four, and it's all new stuff basically. And Dragon Ball Super's manga gets released every month. It's monthly. So, like, every month on the 20th, they release a new chapter. And it's, like, 48 pages long. So, yeah, that was kind of longer than I was no, planning I mean, to take to explain that. But, you know, if you're into manga or Japanese anime or anything or Dragon Ball, there you go. Free. Yeah, I mean, Check it out. And just to add real quick, I mean, it's it's cool how these companies close the gap to not leave any money on the table. Because I mean, if they're not if they're not providing the service, what people want to go the illegal route or around any way they can to get the content. So I, you know how 
how the uh the animes have kind of done the same thing. They've closed the gap by doing the dubs and stuff as quick as possible. And that, yeah. yeah, I I find this just cool that they're doing the uh the manga this way as well. So yeah, even with the Broly movie, it came out in Japan in December. And there's already a dub in American theaters. Yeah, like that's unheard. Crazy. A month later, the crazy. first Dragon Ball Super movie, like Battle of Gods or Dragon Ball Z Battle of Gods, I think, I think is what they called it. It came out in America like an entire year. Yeah. After the Japanese one did, they so, left money on the table. <laughs> yeah, they left a lot of money on the table. So, man, the world's getting a lot smaller. Oh yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah. uh, thanks for joining. Um. Yeah, thank you guys for hanging out with us. We really appreciate it. Um, hope you had fun. Um, catch us next week. We also do a podcast. You want to talk about your the other podcast? Oh yeah, we, we, we do a Star Trek podcast too. If you're into that, um, check us out at discussingtrick.com for all of our Star Trek happenings, as well as uh, I do another podcast for Doctor Who as well as comics. We got to get you on a carry to do this since you're hyped about this manga manga. Oh, we finally have to do the. Uh, American comics versus Japanese manga debate. Yes, I really want to see you and Cal uh, have that have that conversation. Yeah, that's that's gonna be a lot of fun. So yeah, we gotta set that up. Cool. All right, guys. See you next week. Very very quick. Very very quick. Very very quick. Very very quick. I can't I can't beat that. I just smells burnt and dusty. Hey guys, don't miss an episode of the Techpedition podcast. For more information, go to techpedition.com slash subscribe. T-E-C-H-P-E-D-I-T-I-O-N dot com.